Welcome once again to the Random Wrestling Review. Another bonus episode for you all today, although I'm not entirely sure when today actually is. We're recording this in January of 2023, but for all I know, this episode might go up in January of 2024 because it's not time-specific whatsoever, so I'll just slot it in the schedule when we've got a little bit of a gap. Hopefully, nobody on the podcast dies between then and when it comes out because that would make this probably unusable. Matt's crossing his chest. He's very much looking like Seamus today. We also have on the podcast uh, Tom Smith, and uh, welcome both. You put this fucking podcast out after I'm dead, and I'm going to haunt you for the rest of your life, bitch. <laughs> this is a chance for all your loved ones to remember you by, if, if I do that. Exactly, yeah, they'll, they'll forget this rather, rather somber note, but I can't remember what any of my dead relatives' voice sounds, sounded, sounded mm. like. I th- think about that the other day. So, yeah, when I'm a, you know, a rotting corpse in you know a few years time let's be honest people will be able to remember me so i don't know if they i don't know if i want them to remember me by this podcast though if i'm being brutally honest oh what yeah i know i think i've got greater things in me <laughs> like, a, like a giant like, dildo like what like what share the list <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm good just you know unbelievably happy off the uh the, the somber death talk <laughs> what a, what a way to start well, that's, you know, that's how we roll. Sometimes we do it happy and other times we dwell on the maudlin and, uh, you know, hope for the best going forward. I think we should probably move to a happier topic, lads. Let's talk about the Holocaust for a bit, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> ah! I, I wouldn't suggest that that's where we, what we talk about at all. What we are going to talk about instead is uh, a little bit of something different. Just was just thinking about what can we do... <laughs> your voice did go rather high then <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all i'm trying to do is keep it uh, you know interesting for people listening you know you, got, you have a little bit of flavor to your voice if you're going to do this stuff you can't just like <laughs> monotonously monotonously <laughs> just you know ramble on and ever you've got you've got to have some kind of rhythm going on matt can laugh but he can't say el gigante so i shut fucking up. knew that was coming piss <laughs> off that was a, that was a highlight this morning when i listened to the wrestlemania 9 episode i'm not gonna lie oh. I, I i think maybe maybe the next episode i'll uh maybe like i'll channel my inner 90s or 80s radio dj voice you know bruno brooks it up a little bit that'd be nice wouldn't it can i keep that for two hours Probably not. No. What, what, whatever happened to Bruno Brooks? I I, I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's on some kind of list, though. You know, he's of that generation, isn't he? There's a level of disappearance that I bet even Matt's never heard of him. Yeah, I have no idea. No, I'm not surprised. You know, it's not like Tony Blackburn you still see occasionally. Or I think it was on Strictly or some nonsense. Celeb- yeah. I'm a celebrity or whatever. That's it, yeah. Um, it's not like those guys who were the sort of same sort of time. Yeah, but you'd never hear about Bruno Brooks at all anymore. Yeah, I don't know. What I think I wonder if like Smashing Nicey basically just ruined his career. <laughs> Probably. <entirely. yeah. laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, according to um this Wikipedia page, well, he was banned in 1999 for drink driving. Oh, oh and he had a heart attack in 2006. So there's that. So he's been. That's what he's been up to. Um, <laughs> he is on a couple of lists. They separate. He got divorced in January 2012. He's been keeping himself busy. I think it's safe to say. He's he's had a real fall though, hasn't he? Fall from grace. Been a been a national uh, star on radio, and then since then, all he's done is things that would be horrible to go through. Well, of course, he was actually. I'm glad I remember this. He was in the the infamous drugs episode of Brass Eye, in which he kind of says that cake is a made-up drug but doesn't realize what he's actually saying and makes an absolute it's a made-up drug yeah <laughs> good I, I when you said the infamous i thought you were going to say montreal screwdriver i, was, I didn't know bruno oh. brooks had a, had a part to play in that yeah, he was the t- uh, special guest celebrity timekeeper I think. <laughs> so yeah i was trying to think of a topic getting back to today's show i was trying to think of a topic that would be relatively timeless so that i could release it whenever we wanted to and so we're today going to discuss our personal top five choices for films that either star a wrestler or are about wrestling and probably in some cases have both or do both i don't know so i don't know how we want to do this i'm gonna just i I tell you what let's just go through one of our top five lists we'll rip it to shreds and then we'll go through the other person's top five list rip that to shreds now i know tom you you confessed just before we came on air that you'd kind of forgotten to do what you're supposed to do which is come up with a list so i'm going to give you some time to think about it and instead we're yep. going to rip Matt's list apart first so Matt why don't you start with number five and we'll take it on okay do, do these have to be in order of excellence if, if you can't do that then that's fine I, I, you know if you can that would be great too okay because I can't I, yeah I kind of just picked them I kind of just picked you know five ones yeah but um anyway, anyway so wrestling and movies do you know what what a bonus episode you all get what a treat this you know this week whenever you get it two of my personal greatest passions 
colliding head-on. Movies and wrestling, happy days. So, with that effect, I've got five fantastic works of art here, or maybe not, depending on your preference, starting with a movie called Foxcatcher. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of that, but Foxcatcher was a very, very good, I feel almost Oscar-worthy movie, that came out, God, I can't remember when it came out now. You know, you know what I'm like with dates, I'm not even going to bother. A long time ago, shall we say. But it was starring Mark Ruffalo, Channing Tatum, about the Schultz brothers, the sort of famous wrestling family uh, who you may potentially have heard little bits about it because Kurt Angle apparently had a bit of an affiliation for um, with them. I don't know if he specifically trained with them, but there, there have been some things on the internet about Kurt knowing this family. This was a really really good sort of movie based on um, amateur wrestling and and the story of the Schultz brothers and for me personally it featured what I feel movie wise is one of my favorite performances over the last definitely over the last couple of years Steve Carell was pretty much the, the the main sort of villain in it and if you see Steve Carell in this he doesn't look like Steve Carell as he normally would so that was actually really cool so I would definitely advise you to go out of your way to see Foxcatcher if you can. Like I said, it is very, very good. And I do feel for wrestling fans particularly, a lot of you will probably enjoy it. So definitely give that one a go if you can. I've just looked at the picture of Steve Carell on the, the poster and uh, he looks evil. He looks really evil. Yeah, he does. He does. It, it just doesn't look like him. It's, honestly, it's just it's such an underrated performance by him. It was excellent. It was really good. And you know, like I said, based on true life story as well, so for those who love their true life stories, that's definitely one worth going out of your way to see. So the film was out in 2014. So that's not that long ago. Come on, Matt. I suppose it is nearly a decade ago, but still, it's not that. In my mind, 2014 is still in the future. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's got 7 out of 10 on IMDb, so uh, so it's not, not, not done too badly. I tell you what, Tom, I think we're going to have a workout this week. I think Matt's actually fully prepared for this one, and he's yeah. coming in. He's taking it to a level that I hadn't even considered taking it to. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're both in trouble. Uh, with with, with uh, Foxcutter, I've not actually seen it myself, but <clears throat> I've heard wave, rave reviews, uh, wave reviews even, right. uh, which is a surfing film website. No, I've heard rave reviews about Steve Carell's performance in this. Uh, the problem is I can't, I, I'm almost... I've watched too, I watched too much of The Office, the US Office, to really watch Steve Carell and anything else because it, it's almost impossible to like relate him to any any other character. But I will say, apparently, there's a, also a really good documentary on Netflix, I think, about that story, basically, which is apparently very good as well. That I haven't seen and will have to go watch as well, although I have heard about that as well, actually. You know, Steve Carell, like I said, he's just he's a very underrated, actually dramatic actor. Like he's so well known for being the funny guy that he has done some dramatic stuff, which he's very good at. So, again, like I said, you know, definitely give him a shout. Well, I'd never even heard of it, to be honest, before we had this conversation. So it's on my radar now. Definitely. It's on my radar. Matt, I was going to just check with you and Tom, I guess, as well. We're not including documentaries in this. So if you've got yeah. any documentaries, get them off your list. So, Matt, what's your number four? OK, the next one, which I have a funny feeling that this one probably is going to be absolutely ripped to shreds. But hey, whatever. It's my list. This is the film that for any American listeners, it's called The Rundown. But here in good old UK, it was called Welcome to the Jungle, starring good old Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This was, well, I want to say one of his, one of yeah, one of his definitely early films. So it was The Rock, Sean William Scott, Christopher Walken was in it. And... Do you know what? It's it's one of those that it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine because it, it doesn't do anything particularly special. It's basically The Rock trying to retrieve Sean William Scott. He, he works as some retrieval expert. He's been hired to go take him back from Brazil, back home to the US. And in the end, he, he gets a restaurant. He gets paid shitloads of money to get a restaurant. So that's it in a nutshell, which, God, that sounds awesome already. You get to smell what The Rock is cooking. Yes, I went there. Oh, is it a scratch and sniff movie? Ah! Yes, let's go with that. It's Sean William Scott being Sean William Scott. It You know, he, he doesn't definitely do anything different in it either. Not quite Stifler-esque, but he's quite funny in it. There's some actually some good fighting scenes in the middle of this as well. The, the Rock is definitely, he wasn't as physically big as he is now as well. So actually watching it today is even quite stranger because 
he was quite slim. But yeah, this was something that was really good. Like I said, it, it was definitely one of his early uh, early day films. Definitely would recommend checking this one out again. This, this is a rainy day Netflix type movie, to be fair. But have you guys seen this one? I started watching it years and years ago, like not long after it came out. My brother and I think had it on DVD. Um, and it didn't catch me because I think I was expecting it to be like a balls out comedy. Yeah. But I don't remember it being that. No, no, definitely action movie with some comedy in it. Yeah, but I thought I think I saw Sean William Scott and Johnny Knoxville, and I was like, this is this surely can't be anything else than like an action comedy. But the the action was outweighed, and I think it put me off a little bit. Johnny Knoxville, I think you're thinking of Walking Tall. I am thinking of Walking Tall. That I've seen, and didn't think it was just very very funny. I haven't seen this other one. I've I've seen this, but I can't remember anything about it. I, I can remember thinking it was all right. So yeah, I can't really, I can't really comment, and I'm not going to rip it to sh- shreds because I said I, I did think, I think I quite enjoyed it, but it was one of those things that was kind of instantly forgettable. I was like, yeah, that was all right. Way, way to spend a few moments, a few few hours, but other than that, I'm not going to, not going to revisit it in any way. I, I've got a rock film in my list, but I will bring up one that is not uh, that film because this is called Welcome to the Jungle, and obviously then they did the Jumanji films, which one of them is called Welcome to the Jungle mm. as well. And I've not seen any of the the whole of those Jumanji films with The Rock in. But what I have seen, he and all of them actually in the film seem, I, I felt came across really funny and really quite well done because they're all playing characters that are not what they look like because obviously he's in a computer game. And from what I've seen, I thought actually this looks quite this looks quite fun. I think this group could be quite good. And and obviously that's one where The Rock, again, his performance for me, look, it you know, comes across. You can see, you can you kind of feel like the actor in him a bit more rather than what I think he come, sometimes can just fall into, which is the action film star. Yeah, which is less appealing to me anyway. I absolutely love those two Jumanji films. I think they're fucking brilliant. Fair enough. Like I, I, I watched them both. I watched them both. I think when I was travelling, and that is a perfect like what you said about this film that you're referring to, Matt, as being a a great rainy day Netflix film. That the Jumanji films fall into that category, and I'd fall into call them even falling into another subcategory, which is great long haul flight film. <laughs> because it's the film, the sort of film I'd never choose to watch. But what I've got nine hours on a flight somewhere, it's absolutely perfect. They are really good. The performances from all the all the characters in it are, are brilliant. And especially, I must admit, in, in the second film in particular, it's amazing because they're all the characters are all mixed up again. So it's even it's, it really genuinely shows off the acting chops of the four actors who are all in it because they're used to them playing that character in a certain way and then they have to play it a completely different way in the next one. And it's very, very, very good. So Rundown got 4.9 out of 10 on, uh, on their <laughs> IMDb. So uh, the film enthusiasts were not as high on that one as they were on Foxcatcher. <laughs> To be fair, I really wasn't expecting any relatively high ratings for that, so that doesn't shock me. 4.9, though, is particularly bad. Like, that is really not a good rate. That's, like, way down, way, way down. It's one of those that, like, part of me looks back, I think, how the hell did he... Like, I, I love The Rock, right? And again, you know, as an actor, he, he does tend to play the same sort of roles, but part of me thinks, how the frigging hell did he actually turn it around? Because, if I'm being honest, the majority of his movies, I think, are shit. Or at least, they, they may not be shit, but they're not... They're very, they're very niche and just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't quite know how we got to, you know, to, to literally be one of the most paid, you know, one of the highest paid superstars in Hollywood. How he actually did that is is a mystery to me. I guess it's charisma, it's charisma, isn't it? It's charisma, hard work. I don't, see, I, I actually kind of tend to disagree with you a little bit there, Matt, about saying that maybe his early films were a bit more niche, but like it got to the stage where his current kind of films that he produces now are so kind of by the numbers, if you will, you know what I mean? And so kind of churned out kind of stuff that he is very mainstream, isn't he now? And he's he's made himself, I think he's kind of like hitched his, hitched his coat. That sounds cynical, but that's not how I intended to be, but he's managed to ride certain waves and attract an audience because there was a period where he did like only Disney films for a while and he signed like a contract with Disney and did loads of Disney films. Now he's got his own production company so he can be a bit more selective. I think it's, it's a really interesting kind of way that he's done it because I do feel like whilst he kind of plays the same same similar kind of character he's generally just like a cool big guy in most of his films 
I do think he is. I do think there's a bit more nuance to some of the roles that he takes. But like I said, I think they're generally kind of quite by the numbers. No, he's not going to be in. He's not going to be bothering the Oscars anytime soon. He just makes fluff that's entertaining, and he's, as doing so, he's made himself really successful. He's a 21st century action star, action film star, and what I mean by that is that he's got the. He's got the physique and the kind of presence, I guess, of a Schwarzenegger or Stallone. But with that, he's got the charisma that maybe Schwarzenegger slightly lacks occasionally. And Stallone does, too. You know, they're good actors, but in certain roles, but they haven't quite got the charisma. I would suggest that the rocks. He's, he's just a 20. He's just not. He's just I'm not, upgrades. Not perhaps right, but just an updated version of them, I would say, suggest. Do you know what? Here's one for you. I actually think he's at a bit of a crossroads at this point. And I don't don't necessarily say that he's in trouble because he's not going to be in trouble. But I definitely do feel he, he's hit a bit of a peak in terms of the, the types of performances he's had and he's done. And I do think he needs to pick the next thing he picks. I think he needs to change it up a little bit because I do feel that people are now starting to get a little bit fed up of, of the same formula. So it, it might be time for him to change it up. Right. And it's time for you to change it up, Matt. What's number three? Okay, we've got Fighting With My Family, which is ah. the... Yeah, I, I'm wondering if anybody else was going to get this one, but I did see it in the cinema. I did enjoy it. And um, this is the the movie that was based on uh, Paige's life, for those who haven't heard about it, despite the fact that he was probably advertised to death on WWE programming for I don't know how long. But you know what? For, for a movie that was based, again, you know, it was based around Paige's life, it was actually pretty good. Like, there were some good performances in it. You know, how true it is d- depends on how, you know, how much of a creative license I suppose they had. But, you know, Florence Pugh, who um, was the actress who played Paige, actually thought it did pretty pretty damn good job, actually. The the in-ring stuff, there was only, like, small amounts of in-ring stuff that, that they filmed and, and showed, which was actually pretty good for, for what they did, was actually pretty decent. And, uh, you know, The Rock made a cameo in it as well, which was funny. I think the movie was quite funny for the most part, actually. It was, um, it, it was definitely, an, again, another one worth going out your way to see. And, they, and Stephen Merchant, who uh, had a very brief cameo in it, who directed it, was also awesome in it. So I, I definitely would recommend that one. Another one that you guys have seen, haven't seen? Yeah, I've seen it. I saw it and thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. I thought it was really good. I enjoyed the way it was done. I thought the rock cameo in it was a, was a bit hammy if I'm being honest, because it's kind of a bit out of nowhere, and I don't believe that actually happened. Um, but I thought it was quite fun. Like you said, I really like the family dynamics. I thought Nick Frost as the dad. I can't remember what her dad's name is, but I thought he was really good, really good in it. Yeah, overall, it was, it was a really fun film. They, they cast, as you said, the, the, the actor they cast to play, to play Paige was really good, fun. I watched it on a plane. I wonder if there's going to be a theme. With <laughs> this could be all your movies on planes. Yeah. I've seen it. I, I really enjoyed it too. I thought it was perfectly perfectly good little film. Ricky Knight is his dad, is her dad, sorry, who ah. Nick Frost plays. And uh, Julia Knight is the mother, whose ring name is Soraya, which is strange because she's called Soraya um, in real life. Paige is called Soraya. And now called Soraya. And now or called Sarah. Soraya in AEW. This well, old man called her in a, in a, in a <laughs> WhatsApp group. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But this is a confusion of everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and then didn't change once, he, uh, once everyone had got it clear, still was just stayed on that. Oh, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it, as you said, to the to the um, whether the reality of it or not, it's kind of clear in the film because even the way Paige comes in and wins the women's title is different to the way it actually happens from memory anyway. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because do you guys watch Young Rock? I've seen bits of it. I did like what I saw. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I really enjoy it. My wife is really into it as well. We just both really, really enjoy it. But what the latest episode that came out, this might be horrendous, horrendously dating this episode now, but was basically about his feud with Triple H in the build-up to some side. 98 for the Intercontinental title on the ladder match and there's a bit where he kind of they do like a bit of a montage of his kind of Healy acts as part of the nation and then him kind of leaving the nation to turn a baby face so it shows like the Rolex ceremony and then he gives Farouk the, the picture of himself it shows a couple of other bits and then it shows a clip of him doing in Cleveland doing the rock concert with the guitar and the, the waistcoat and everything like that and I was like I was fuming <laughs> I was like that didn't happen that's wrong that didn't happen until like four years years later when he came back from Hollywood and was a, was a heel again this is not what happened and uh, my wife didn't care <laughs> no it's right no one no one would care but you know I'm just saying it's, it's clear that you can see that, that there's not really that much truth to what happens in the film because the centerpiece is, is changed but I thought it was a good film 7.1 on IMDB 2019 so quite recent as well so top rated one from IMDB at least so far good stuff number four very quickly just before I go because I have to give him a shout for this because of course he's going to hear it Vince Vaughn was excellent in this and he was again in quite a dramatic role which I wouldn't necessarily 
necessarily expect from Vince Vaughn. So top man, good for you, Vince Vaughn. Before we go further, can I just um, say how much I'm enjoying your gesticulation with the pen, Matt? It's very entertaining, very politician-esque, I think. <laughs> it's the only thing, if you were doing like, the thumb thing, then that would be even better. But we'll accept the pen for now. I'm quite enjoying it. Cool, I'll, I'll keep it going with the pen. <laughs> much as I've enjoyed a number of Vince Vaughn's film, I can't stand Vince Vaughn. I just think he's just terrible. I just think he's a terrible actor and I don't understand why he was ever a star. I kind of thought about Vince Vaughn the other day for the first time in a long time. I was masturbating, obviously. <laughs> I was on I, I was on Instagram and I um, was just flicking through and there was a clip from Wedding Crashers and I was like, oh, I bloody love this film. And I was like, go on, Vince Vaughn. But I think that was when I started to really dislike him because I thought that film was terrible. I thought it was massively, really overlong and just dull and I just really didn't find it funny. And I think that's when it really started to be like oh yeah he's just doing the same fucking thing over and over again i'm not no interest in him i like wedding crashes and dodgeball i like dodgeball dodgeball i liked but wedding crashes i don't know why i just found it i saw it in the cinema and i just found it really boring no did you watch it with me was i laughing like a dream probably probably that's probably what it was it's probably a reaction to tom i was like (laughs) fuck off mate this ain't that good it's all right you ain't that good fuck it it's shit it's rubbish (laughs) and i'm like yes but they're taking advantage of traumatized women tinky how can you not find this hilarious that's probably what happened go on then matt on we go okay this next next one i have a funny feeling that one or both of you potentially has picked this one and to be honest i, I kind of picked it because i just felt it kind of had to be in in the list you know when, when you're talking about wrestlers in films this is one that tends to come to a lot of people's minds this would be rocky 3 which featured hulk hogan as a lot of people have known and have seen as Thunderlips. but you know what? as far as cameos of wrestlers in films goes this is pretty bloody good actually there's been some really bad ones but this is definitely not one of them you know he was absolutely fucking enormous at this point he looked it you know he played the you know played the you know, pretty much played you know heel version of, of himself at the time uh versus stallone's rocky and this was good you know he got, got to throw stallone about which was cool obviously their friendship lasted and you know it, it turned into a good thing for the both of them and uh, stallone ended up inducting um hogan into the hall of fame meant you know in 2005 but th- this was a good old cameo year and i again did you guys pick this i had a funny feeling that one of you may, might have uh, i didn't because i knew tinky would yeah, I, I picked it. I'll talk about it a little bit later on. I funny, funny enough though, this shows you how little I know about the period about 2002, three through to about 2006. Didn't have a clue that Stallone had inducted Hogan into the Hall of Fame. So that yeah, was news yeah. to me. That was complete. Yeah, because he, he calls him the Incredible Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's weird. He has there's like a weird pause after he says Hulk. It's really, really bizarre. It's really like like he doesn't really know who he's talking about. Which, I, to be honest, I don't really know who he does. <laughs> probably, probably not. In fairness. Yeah, I'll talk about. A bit about that later on so um do you want to go on to number five matt that's cool yeah do you know like i said not in any particular order but this one is well this would have been my number one this is definitely my favorite of all of them uh, and this would be the the movie the wrestler uh featuring uh mickey rourke as randy the ram robinson again i, I think a lot of people in uh, who like wrestling probably are going to be quite familiar with this because it was definitely quite publicized you know even by wwe at the time but potentially with the whole failed you know jericho versus mickey rourke match that never happened which god wouldn't that have been uh, have been entertaining but as a movie itself like you know i said towards the start you know for, for, for me movies is, is probably one of my biggest passions uh, sort of alongside wrestling so this was definitely a marriage of the two it was directed by darren i can never pronounce his surname and i'm not going to try because no, no you gotta try you gotta try no, for please i know i know how to pronounce it so i'm just gonna say aronofsky i know that's wrong <laughs> This is Aronofsky. Thank you, you bastard. <laughs> but yeah, that's who directed it, who is excellent, has done loads of really great stuff. And I remember reading an interview, um, it might have been with Power Slam at the time, um, when they had an interview with him and talking about the the research that he did for the film. Uh, and it did sound like he did like a lot of extensive stuff. You know, he, he went to a lot of indie shows. There was quite a famous sort of scene with a Necro Butcher and Mickey Rourke in the film, you know, the, you know, sort of hardcore match, you know, with glass, tacks and all that jazz. And that was really great i i just i found it fascinating at the time as well like just the idea of them like learning sort of insider terms and how they you know try to use them is but like it was a really good film you know everybody in it was great marissa tomei was fantastic in it this was just a 
top-notch film all-rounder. Even if you take the, the the fact that I'm a wrestling fan out of it as a standalone movie, fantastic. And, and you know, as, as people know, it had a shit ton of obstacle events. Yeah, definitely really good, this one. I remember watching this uh, this film at the cinema, and there's there's a scene where he where he's working, he works in like a deli or something. I've actually see, only seen it once. There's a scene that always stands out, though, he's, he's, and he's really happy, and he's working uh, working behind the, a deli. And uh, he's, like, cutting some, like, pastrami or something from someone, and uh, someone goes, is it fresh? And he goes, it's fresher than monkey's breath, brother. And I could just remember at the time, We, I think we may have watched it together, Tinky, but I definitely watched it with our friend Johnny, and I can remember him laughing at it more than anything I've ever heard before. It is so funny. It's, and fresher than monkey's breath, brother. <laughs> so I've, I, I think I did probably watch it with Tom, and I watched it, I've watched it subsequently because I had it on DVD. Sub- it didn't hold up in subsequent views for me. I really enjoyed it the first time, and then afterwards I was like, alright, it's a bit boring. Right? So it was really slow. I and I've got to be careful here because I, I know that actually a lot of non-wrestling fans really did like it. I mean, as Tom just mentioned, our, our friend Johnny doesn't like wrestling at all, and he really enjoyed it the first time. I, said, I don't know what he felt about afterwards, but he did enjoy that time. And, and most people did, but I, I just found it to be, as I said, a little bit boring the second time around, and I wondered whether or not that was partially because the first time, there's all these insider terms, they're talking, you know, they're talking about, and it's like, oh, this is what it's really like, this is what it's all about, and it's suddenly to see it reflected on screen was like, wow, you know, they're actually really digging into the depth of what pro wrestling is, and it's not just about the glamorous WWE or the ba- even the backstage of WWE, it's about lower down than that, and how these wrestlers sort of survive day to day, and the problems they go through because of their previous stardom or whatever, but then as I said, I watched it a second time, and I was just not as, it just didn't hold up, as far as I was concerned, it just it just wasn't as good, so for me, I, I don't mind it, it's not in my top five, but I didn't mind it, and in fairness, IMDb, 7.9 out of 10, so it's the, easily the highest you've mentioned of the five so it, it matches in terms of what you said about it being your number one but for me i wouldn't want to, i the, the five i've picked i would pick to watch again over that maybe they're not they weren't as impactful on first time view but after that like dr- dramatic performance wise again there's a bit of a theme for me in terms of movies that i like i suppose but uh, i do enjoy a good dramatic performance and i do love the idea of and i just think i just think it was really clever and, and i didn't really think about it much at the time until after i'd seen it but the idea of the the sort of aging wrestler who's basically his body is his, is his tool to work and how it breaks down and that just fucks him up as he gets older and the idea of the stripper character and then I can't remember her name but Marissa Tomei's stripper character who's it's the same sort of thing and then for ages after I was like hmm wrestling and stripping whoever would have put those two together being quite similar but I suppose they kind of are I, I remember I don't know who it was but someone said to me as well that they felt like it was basically a dramatisation of Beyond the Map which had come ten about 10 years before so it's basically just Beyond the Map but in fictionalised version apparently that I remember at the time Darren, Darren Aronofsky fuck I'm at it now I've got the fucking <laughs> Matt, Matt fucking affliction <laughs> Uh, where he did watch Beyond the Mat and that was like the reason why he made the film that was why he started looking into it a little bit more of course obviously about wrestling but there's a shit ton of wrestlers in it as well Yeah. so we've got uh, I'm looking at IMDb now it's got uh, Metro ne- Metro Butcher the guy from the trains <laughs> Necro Butcher um, we've obviously got um, Ron Killings is in it as well Austin Aries is in it Cesaro is in it the Blue Meanies in it So and there's a load of other fucking and, and obviously and Ernest Ernest the Cat Miller as well let's not forget Ernest the Cat is he Henry Custard no that's not Henry Custard is no it? <laughs> he gets no. it wrong every time he gets the wrong name for the wrong person wrong every time yeah. um, but no so there's, there's quite a lot of cameras in I didn't I deliberately didn't put this in my list because I thought it was a bit of a cheat code but I knew someone else was going to do it hence the same reason why I didn't put Rocky 3 in there as well because I knew it would be covered so Tom let's hear your list so have you put them in any kind of order no so i've got my clear number one and everything else will muddle through so i'm very tenuous Fine. Some of these so uh number five i've got the first jackass movie johnny knoxville Chris i was Pontius, gonna i was E-Man. gonna i was gonna ban this stuff i was gonna ban this kind of stuff because like, that's that's <laughs> they're not wrestlers i'm not having it Many others. and also butterbean who had a match at wrestlemania 15 against bart gunn is in it as well so i'm having that one i, I don't care what you say. <laughs> That is tenuous. Like, I couldn't think of any wrestler. Well, I guess I guess Johnny Knoxville's also had a wrestling match now, yep. so it's fine. Exactly. But, uh, but I, I was going to ban that kind of thing, so I was like, nah, they're not really wrestlers. They're just celebrities who've had matches. That's different. So yeah, the next one is the Bad Bunny tour video. No, <laughs> no it's not. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, put, I put that one in. I, did, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about being a bit cheeky and slapping that one in there. Uh, a film that I hold very dear to my heart. Tinky hates it as well. I hate it. Shit. I hate, I hate Jackass and everything it stands for. It's just a bunch of talent's 
shits beating themselves up. It's basically ECW. That's what it is, mate. It's fucking basically ECW. <laughs> ECW, but there's but probably more drugs, I'd imagine. Um, more drugs so and was, less thought, I would suggest. Yeah. So are you not allowing me to have Scream starring former WCW champion David Arquette? <laughs> <laughs> if you've got it in your list, we'll go with it. But I, I mean, it's not right. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you guys want to chat with Jackass before we talk about Scream. I, I, you know, I, I like Jack. I mean, That's I a fucking massive Jackass guy. I know it. I knew it. You I can tell. You can tell. You can tell because he he probably likes like Nickelback. I expect like it, it just it just all fits. It just all fits with his general. I, I had a theory. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I had a theory. I've got I've got to do this now. I've got to go into. It. I had a theory about Matt, and I think the theory is that basically you got access to cable television too too young. I mean, and what that's meant is you just like a lot of flavorless American shite, and and, <laughs> and that's the con. That's the reason. And I and I'm pretty certain that's true. I reckon. When did you get cable, Matt, in your house? God, we've always had cable. As there well. you go. See, there you go. See, I, didn't, I didn't get cable till I was about 13. Um, oh, what I, the, oh, fucking hell, I've had that well before I was 13. Exactly, Jesus. exactly. So I think this is what happened. You just got cable way too early, and therefore you were on a one-track, monosyllabic journey into American popular culture from a very early age. I, and, I guarantee and you. never deviated from that. A huge, and I, I was as well, so I can't, um, this is no criticism, big Kerrang guy. Kerrang on all the I, time. Do you know what? I was literally about to say, to be fair, Kerrang has been favourited as a channel of mine for since I since I was probably about twelve. Fucking hell. <laughs> I had a bit of a mix of I was a Kerrang and an MTV bass guy for my hip hop needs back in the day. So that was a jackass. Uh, Scream. I've got it at number four. Ten years. Scream is fucking amazing. It's such a great film. The fact that like it's kind of like a parody but not. I'm not actually a big horror guy. I don't really like horror films but I think the fact that it's kind of like Wes Craven the, the OG from like proper mainstream horror films make, comes back in the 90s with this film. They're so like meta before being meta was a thing. The fact that the entire campaign of the promotion was based around Drew Barrymore who gets killed in the first 10 minutes of the film just puts you on edge it's a great a great film and former WCW champion David Arquette puts a stellar performance in as the bumbling cop that's why uh, Scream's in there unbelievable I mean he did sort of have a uh, I mean I say a wrestling career he did try to have a bit of a wrestling career at one point didn't he David Arquette he had a couple of matches with like Nick Gage didn't he yeah oh yeah something like that yeah so I mean I struggle with it but I like Scream a lot it's a great film but yeah I'm not sure we can class it is starring a wrestler or being about wrestling where are we talking on the list where, where are we doing on IMDB for these lads so Jackass movie was 6.6 and Scream 7.4 come on England do you know I only saw Scream for the first time over Christmas you know I'd heard about it and I you know, I definitely knew what happened and I'd seen bits of it but I never watched it start to finish until it just happened to be on with Christmas and I was like why not let's, uh, let's, uh, let's have a watch and yes it's pretty good okay so Jackass movie and Scream so far neither film should really qualify but there we go what's up next alright we're coming straight in we're going Christmassy festive time jingle all the way I fucking knew it with a cameo from the big show <laughs> in the Santa factory beats up Vern Troyer lovely old job go on the big show so he's he's in there as well I fucking love Jingle all, uh, all the way I think I love Jingle all the way even more because my wife absolutely hates it <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of years ago it came up on like Netflix or something and I was like oh Jingle all the way it's amazing amazing Christmas film and and my wife was like I, I don't know like and I was like no trust me it's amazing it's an amazing <laughs> film and, uh, and she trust me it. trust yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> she hated every minute of it and to the end of it she was like so is this like she was like so, and you watch this every Christmas like this is like a big like Christmas tradition for you and I was like no I haven't seen it for ages I really wanted to watch it and she was fuming <laughs> she was like you made me sit through that shit because I'm just because you wanted to watch it not because it's like a, a must watch over Christmas and I was like no, no it's fucking love it. it is Phil Hartman is amazing as the as the slimy neighbour in it he's brilliant comedy gold the interactions between Arnie and Sinbad are uh, some of the best comedy double acts you'll ever see in cinema. I want a fucking Turbo Man action figure. What a great film. I actually have a Turbo Man Christmas ornament, Christmas tree ornament. That's beautiful. Tiggy's still like fuck's sake under his breath. I know. I what, am I, what am I doing with these two fucking idiots? Right. <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, look, the, fun, the bit I find funny about the story, Tom, is the, the trust me bit because this is supreme confidence in what is, <laughs> let's be fair, a shit film. I mean, you might personally, 
You might personally quite like it, but you have to concede it's fucking shit. And I don't hate it. I've watched it two or three times in my life, so I don't hate it. But the fact that you were willing to go, oh, trust me, this is we're talking. We're talking. It's what it's a wonderful life category here. You'll you know, love trust it. Me, you will love quality. it. Only punches a reindeer in it. I mean, that's worth watching. Just that was hilarious. It's a working reindeer, so it's not uh, you know, no real <laughs> reindeers. Uh, oh, I thought you, um, I thought you meant I thought you meant it was a wrestling reindeer. Therefore, it knew how to take the punch. Oh well, maybe yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no. Right, Tom. What's up next? I'm, str- I'm struggling now a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've had two films that didn't even qualify, and then Jingle All the Way that's got a cameo from the Big Show, and you're struggling now. Well, see, I but then I realised that most films of wrestlers in a crap. So oh, true. I, yeah, yeah. So and about wrestling, and Matt's taking a good one. There's a great cameo from Hulk Hogan in Gremlins 2. There is um, Hulk Hogan also appears in the Leslie Nielsen spy thriller Spy Hard as well. There's also um, uh, the go I think for 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 wrestlers in films has got to be Highlander because the amount of people in that is absolutely outrageous. Um, so I'll just quickly get the list out for the Highlander. You've got Buddy Roberts, Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel, Michael Hayes, Fatu, and Terry Gordy all in Highlander, which is amazing because none of them you count as mainstream stars. But I'm not selecting that. I am going for my one rock film, which I was going to allow myself to do, and that is Disney's Jungle Cruise, which oh. came out about a year or two ago and I bloody loved it I had such a fun time watching that he plays the kind of slightly cool never may care captain of the jungle cruise ship Emily Blunt's in it being somewhat annoying but she's alright they even managed to make the detestable Jack Whitehall somewhat oh. likeable in that oh. film it's so what, much what, fun what a dick face don't want, I want none of that he what is the fuck fucking dickhead yeah he is a nose but he's good in this it's just a fun carefree rom do you know what I mean? It's just a good laugh. I really like it because it's obviously based on the ride Jungle Cruise, which I went on quite a lot when I was a kid and when we when we go to America, which is a bit of a crap ride, to be honest. But it just it just made me think of that. It made me, made me reminisce of times of yore when I was a young child. And it just it's really, really fun. It makes me think of like those kind of in the, the, those films that, let's be honest, probably romanticise imperialism a little bit much for my liking. But, you know, it's uh, it reminds me of like your Indiana Joneses, your kind of that that ill and it just yeah I had a bloody lovely time watching it in fact I liked it so much that I watched it again the following day (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't have much on (laughs) I think it was before I had a kid Disney Plus or yes yeah, 6.6 out of 10 from IMDb. So not not bad. Certainly nowhere near as bad as, what was it, 4.9 earlier on, the uh, bloody rundown. So <laughs> one of the rocks, well, at least a better film than that for The Rock, at least. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. That, that was really good. So Tony, you got one more pick. So this is where I was really, really struggling because I've already got an Arnie film on there. And I thought I should only really have one Arnie and Jesse Ventura collab on yeah, there. Fair. And I hope, I hope you've gone the way that allows me to do mine. <laughs> I think I may have done. Good. So whilst The Running Man is probably my favourite irony film of all time, and Jesse Ventura is absolutely a colossus in that, his uh, Jesse's Ventura... Jesse's Jesse's Ventura, wow. Jesse's Ventura is so much better in Predator. He is absolutely phenomenal in Predator. He's got so many great lines. That bit when he's like, he's firing up at the... the, He's got like his Gatling gun, he's firing. And he's like, man, goddammit, this guy's stuck in like an Alabama. I'm a tick. And someone goes, hey, you're hit, you're bleeding. And he goes, I ain't got time to bleed. And just carries on firing. It's one of the great lines of film ever. When he's talking about eating tobacco and it says it's going to turn you into a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just great, great lines. Absolutely phenomenal. I love his performance in Predator, despite the fact that of my Arnie-Jesse Ventura collaborations, The Running Man is my favourite. I've put Predator in here on the strength of Jesse Ventura's performance. What a film. You know I don't love Predator, but I, I, I like it more now now because you picked it <laughs> because <laughs> because it meant that i could still pick my other one so i'm very thankful for you on that one yeah it's your hit man you're bleeding i ain't got time to plead oh okay <laughs> it's the follow-up from that line <laughs> brilliant go on predator direct to see it. what oh fuck I've seen it. well this was a quote that you said on one of the episodes matt you haven't seen a film that was out before 1990 now i know that's not quite right because you've seen i think the godfather and probably selected other things well you must but- have seen rocky three as well and rocky three yeah I don't, I don't know what it is there's just if i haven't seen it i'm kind of keep I'm keeping it for at some point in the future i don't know when or why i'd like to not watch them and have them to look forward to in, in a weird way like it took me forever to watch pop fiction which i only saw for the first time like two years ago like you said you're a movie buff 
Like, I know, like, it's weird. You didn't, you didn't, to be fair, you didn't call yourself a movie buff. You said movies a big passion, but I interpret that as you'd be like, yeah, I'm like the Mark Commode of wrestling podcasts. 2000s onwards, give me a shout. But, <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing, man. The, the 80s were the best films. When the best films were made. You're, you're missing out there, lad. Well, tell me, so before we go on to yours, what are we, what are we saying? Quintessential 80s films that uh, that Matt's got to watch. Oh, I'm, I'm not as big as on the, on the 80s as you are, no? to be honest. So, yeah, right, so name, name your films. Any action film, Back to the Future trilogy. Well, the first one, especially, okay. obviously. Back to the um, Future isn't an 80s film, mate. It's a fucking, it's just a film. It's just the greatest film, film ever. It's the greatest film ever. Um, and anything with Kurt Russell in you're golden escape from new york or um big trouble in little china and you'll have the time of your life forget those films kurt russell if you're looking for kurt russell anything he did with goldie horn that's all you want to look at telling you <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> i am joking although i do love a goldie horn film i'm, I'm not sure they'd, they'd love you matt if i'm honest um <laughs> So let's, I'll run through my five then, shall I? So first of all, the obligatory rock film. Well, I had fighting with my family as well. So I've changed it up and gone with Moana instead. Oh, that's great. Because that is really good. And The Rock is fantastic in it. Your Welcome is a legit banger. And it should just be, it's in the list just for that, to be perfectly honest. My nephew and niece ah. like the film. I've seen it because of them. Cracking stuff. Love it. Great, great bit of trivia. Going back to our aforementioned mate, Johnny. He uh, learned the entire rap from Your Welcome for his daughter it took him about two weeks to be able to memorize it with countless hours of practice to be able to do it completely spotless back to back and by the time uh, that he perfected it she was over it and onto something else (laughs) (laughs) yep that's uh that's 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 classic love it absolutely brilliant so then the second one is a little bit not tenuous but i've cheated a little bit because there's loads of films i'm sticking in here the marvel cinematic universe Batista's oh, I forgot about whole yeah. set of films, Guardian of the Galaxy, Avengers, all of all of them basically is in about six or seven. So pick which one you want from all that list. Basically, I think that regardless of how over the top it, some might think it is, Avengers Endgame, the closing battle or war in that is probably the one one of the most epic pieces of cinema I've seen, and absolutely deserved to be that epic because you've just seen twenty three or twenty four movies, what the hell the hell it was, building up to it. So I. I, I thought that was cracking and I really I really I really enjoyed the MCU up to about that point and after that I'm, I'm I struggle to keep interested in it because what are they gonna do now they gotta build up another big old yeah. story I'm not I don't know about that I mean I if I could, if I was to pick a Batista film which I did have in my in the back of my head before I realized that i'd forgotten would it would have been infinity war because i think infinity one personally is a better film but the, i think you're, I, I agree with you 100 percent about the not because you, you are kind of like where do you go from there i mean like i i've always preferred the the slightly removed from the avengersness of it films so i've really i really enjoyed like the first black panther film i enjoyed the guidance of the galaxy films i enjoyed the doctor strange i enjoyed like those ones that, that i think the kind of directors have probably a little bit more creative license than the ones that are focused on like Iron Man, Captain America, you know those those kind of core Avengers characters. Um, and since since Endgame, I've I've liked some of the films. I've enjoyed the Spider-Man ones, and I did really enjoy the second Doctor Strange film. But I've struggled to really get up for anything that they've released since then. And I think the fact that obviously they haven't recast Chala is a bit of a I think it's a real shame to lose that character after Chadwick Boseman sadly died. So yeah, it does make me think I'm a little bit like uh, I don't know how how up for this I am now. Well, yeah, but also like there doesn't. Even though you said you didn't like the the Avengers one so much, there isn't that kind of central thread anymore. Like it's just mm-hmm. it feels quite disparate all of a sudden. There's all these characters occupying this world, which now feel like they're all over the place, and in some ways feel like they're being made because they've just got money to make. I'm just yeah. super surprised to hear that you like Avengers. I thought you would have shit all over that. Now, let me tell you something about Tinky. Right, Tinky likes big things, <laughs> whether whether it be dicks or whether it be TV shows or films. He likes things with lots of moving parts. They're just go on and on and on for example tinky likes er mm-hmm. now i was a big fan of er back in the day and i can remember saying to tinky i think you should watch er i think you'd like it after he'd recommended to me the west wing so i was like it's basically the same as people walking down corridors talking about things that you don't understand you'll love it and tinky said i don't know really enough i'm interested because i don't know if i'm interested from a medical perspective but i do like the fact that there's loads of it <laughs> <laughs> there was like 15 seasons of 24 episodes at that point so that was what attracted him the fact that he's like a maniac 
rewatching EastEnders from the beginning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he he loves things where there's loads of stuff going on and it seemingly goes on forever. That's his initial attraction to the Avengers stuff. Well, I tell you what, I was exploring this the other day with my wife because she doesn't like watching the last episode of things because she doesn't like it when it ends. Mm. And I think this is what it's about. Is I like the fact that this isn't going to end forever. So the EastEnders thing, that's never going to end, right? So I can just watch it and watch it and watch it. I'll never get to that point where I get the sadness of oh, this is the last one. And that's I, a good I, thing you hitched your wagon to EastEnders and not Neighbours. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, even even Friends. Like if I rewatch it and I see the last one, I'm like oh, God, why does it have to end? You know, I don't want it to end. I want it to keep going forever. <laughs> so yeah, I do like things to go on forever. That's why Tinky looks wrestling. Yeah. Why did you think I would hate it, Matt? I don't know. I just I, I didn't think it would have been something that uh, that you would have liked. So I'm just quite, I'm quite surprised about that. Anyway, I'll move on. Top three then. So number three is The Running Man. So Tom mentioned it earlier on. Jesse Ventura, wonderful stuff. My favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger film, maybe Terminator 2 is up there as well. Those are my two favourites. I'm not a big Arnie fan. Tom absolutely fucking loves the shit out of him. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan, but but The Running Man and Terminator 2 are my go-to Schwarzenegger films. And uh, The Running Man is it's just great. It's just really, really good. I don't know what else to say about it, really. Ventura is is the man. Another one I've missed. Just watch it for Jesse Ventura. It's typical 80s in that it's like that dystopian action movie, you know, like Robocop or whatever, kind of that kind of feel of this dystopian future. That's where I do think the 80s have a strength, is this dystopian feel. Mm. It's quite a good critique. It's not as good as critique as Robocop, but it's a good critique of like that yuppie kind of culture and the idea yeah. that of this is what corporate culture is going to lead to. Big fan of that. Tom, do you want to say anything about Running Man? Well, it's just amazing. It's a great film. It is a, a searing indictment on the way things will go. The, 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 the kind of concept of the Running Man of basically trying to get convicts to effectively kill, get killed by people for people's amusement isn't like too far away from you know how you can imagine things going in the future. The fact that there's like a t- one of the TV shows that they kind of talk about it in there is like obviously done for, for comedic purposes but it's someone having to c- pull themselves up a, a rope whilst do- with money attached to the rope whilst dogs bite at their ankles and like I could, you know, I'm not going to lie I could see that happening <laughs> do you know what I mean like it's it's that sort of thing Um, so on top of this kind of social commentary it's just really really fun as well and it's definitely a nostalgic thing for me because I can remember watching that film which is an 18 and very violent probably when I was about 7 and <clears throat> it just takes me back to watching other films of that era and you're right Tinky that kind of era of 80s dystopian action films is great yeah you've got your Robocop you've got your, your Running Man's um, you've got Mad Max you've got your Labo which is a term well Terminator is not really because it's based in current day but there is obviously the reference to the dystopian future that's going to happen yeah. um, you've got Labyrinth I don't know if any of you guys have seen Labyrinth with Christopher Lambert in it's fucking amazing there's like all these sorts of like 80s yeah like I said dystopian action films which are so much fun and the last one that I can kind of think about it's not really necessarily dystopian because it's quite an idyllic setting but the last one of that kind of genre I can think of is Demolition Man which came out in 95 which is a very similar ilk. or maybe there's obviously they did the Judge Dread film later on which has obviously got an element of that to it the one with the Stallone in but The Running Man's an outstanding film and it deserves a lot more credit than it had if I had a different lead role in who wasn't Arnie it'd be revered as a as an amazing piece of cinema it's funny that you should call you should call out Demolition Man in that lot because it's kind of light dystopian isn't it it's kind of like oh oh, it's a little bit too kind of administrative too many things are banned but no one's actually in that much harm it's just it's just oh we're not allowed to eat burgers now oh it's really annoying like it's really funny it's like a half dystopian world I've got I've got to wipe my ass with a shell and I get get a fine every time I swear I mean I'll be honest that's worse honestly Demolition Man I absolutely love I can watch that I've watched that about 15 times times brilliant so number two for me is man on the moon which is uh the andy mm. kaufman biopic stars jim ross well features jim ross and jerry lawler jerry lawler playing himself of course very good film really really Who does jim ross play? plays the commentator whoever the commentator was really good film i haven't seen it in a long time though so i was a bit like i'm not sure how much i'd love it now but certainly when i did watch it i thought it was absolutely brilliant obviously andy kaufman as well he he as a car as a person did blend reality with kind of art so well in a way wrestler wrestlers do as well so it's almost the film about wrestling in some ways which brings me to Rocky 3 which is my number one can I just quickly go back to uh, The Man on the Moon Kraken Song 
by REM as well. No, not uh, from the, the film, though. No, isn't it? They use it, though, don't they? They do, but they, they actually, REM wrote another song for the film because right. Man on the Moon, the song, had come out about seven years before the film, and that is also about Andy Kaufman. But they, the Imitation of Life, I think, was the song that they wrote for right. Man on the Moon. And in terms of Andy Kaufman, I, I haven't seen Man on the Moon, so I can't comment on the film, but the Dark Side of the Ring crew have just released a new show called, well, not new show, it's a couple of months old now, but called um, Tales of the Territories. And there's an episode on that specifically about the Andy Kaufman feud with Jerry Lawler and a lot of the other guys from the Memphis Territory there, um, including your favourite Tinky, Jer- uh, Jeff Jarrett. Um, oh, yeah, lovely. But it's, it, is, it is a really interesting watch. Seeing some of the footage of him working everyone is absolutely amazing. So, yeah, shouts to Andy Kaufman and that and Jerry Lawler and that angle in Memphis because it is tremendous. So on to Rocky Three, Matt, it's obviously in your list as well. So obviously Hogan's performance is great. I already have mentioned as well numerous times that the Rocky films are effectively a great guide in how to book really big feuds, great feuds in a simple way. Obviously, the story of Rocky Three is his champion. He loses the eye of the tiger. He gets beaten by a guy who is hungry for success after having beaten a load of lesser challenges for his title. And then he has to get back the eye of the tiger and does it through the help of a, a rival. But the Hogan stuff specifically is excellent because for me as well, it's the most mature representation of pro wrestling that I've seen in a fictionalized setting. And remember, this is 1983 as well. This is still David Schultz is still yet to to hit the I can't remember who it was the name of the journalist. That's not that's not even happened yet in the film. They kind of have the bit before the match where Rocky tries to arrange with Hogan how they're how they're going to do the match. You know, he tries to sort of say, oh, you know, I thought you'd give you'd give me a few hits. I'd give you a hit, few hits. Hogan then just launches into the match. They almost like portray it as if it's real. Rocky gets slammed and suplexed and all kinds of things thrown out into the crowd and afterwards once everything settled down and they have the photo rocky's like oh how did you why did you get so mad out there and he's like that's the name of the game and that's it they leave the idea that it's real or fake up to you again it's not saying this is real but it's also not expressly saying this is predetermined it's just going you make your own mind up you know it leaves that ambiguity out there and i think i genuinely believe this is the truth behind pro wrestling from before the point where everything became exposed to such an extent is that people knew it wasn't really really real but they weren't sure how it worked they didn't get it they didn't know what was going on they didn't understand who was choosing who won these matches how can you do a suplex and it not hurt well we know it does hurt it's not a case of it not hurting it does hurt so you know all those things i i think this is this is what makes it such a great moment because it protects wrestling without being silly about it it doesn't pretend that this is all real but it maintains that sort of sense of but there's something going on here and i can't get my head around exactly what's going on so i really love it from that perspective finally the match between the rock uh, between rocky and hogan informs for me pretty much every match that vincent man shane mcmahon rick flair during his late wwe run had which is that we're just going to hit every single shortcut we can find chairs people interfering people being thrown into the crowd it's just chaos it's one of the most overbooked things going and it's wonderful for it and it's informed all those later wwe matches where they just had to come up with all the um sort of shortcuts and and sort of bells and whistles yeah so i i can't remember because i obviously thought of rocky 3 as well but it's not a film that i'm massively familiar with that i've seen loads of times but i think it's rocky 3 that has the iconic end as well where is it where apollo and rocky decide to have a little spar and then there's the freeze frame and there's i have the tower and so yes. we're all on the free and that kicks in that's amazing <laughs> absolutely amazing you need to do that again <laughs> absolutely I, i'm sure he will i'm sure at some point you know <laughs> or maybe not that specific one but there will i'm sure later on there'll be more creed to come so that's our top five films starring wrestlers or about wrestling a longer bonus episode today we had a bit of time because the episode we're actually recording probably isn't going to go as long as usual because there's not that many matches on it so uh yeah we'll leave it there um thank you both for uh for your contributions and your top fives you're welcome and uh we'll be back again shortly cheers